today on It's Time. That's external trying to change the internal. God changes us from the inside out. I hear the calling. It's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of Galatians. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. If you have your Bible this morning, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Galatians. We've been going through this book. Paul loved people. He loved God. Paul was a Pharisee of a Pharisee until God got a hold of him. And he moved from a legalist to a relationship person. He moved from a person that was approaching God through the law rather than, or maybe I should say, then he became one that uh, reached out to God through love. And big difference. And I pray today that you understand the difference because it will make all the difference in the world how you view God. Again, there's nothing the Bible says that's good that dwells in the flesh. All the good things about you and me are what come from God. The Bible says we're in desperate need of a Savior. And I pray today that Uh, You grasp that and understand what God wants to do in your life today. Again, the book of Galatians, this uh, area of churches that was scattered through modern day Turkey, Paul writes to them and begins to explain to them just how important it is to have Jesus Christ, the rock of your salvation. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word today, we ask you now that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, that you would give us that wisdom that comes from you, and God, that we would be able to remember these things when we are challenged by those that would somehow believe that something good comes out of us naturally. And so we ask you now to anoint these words, cause us to remember them in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we find in um, chapter 5 is where we're at today. Paul compels the reader, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. This is interesting to me. First of all, he says, stand fast, which tells me everything's moving. I don't know how many people here have ever been to the beach. And you'll go out there, and the waves are coming in and going out, and you'll stand on the sand. And it's a weird sensation as the water recedes back into the ocean after it's crashed on the beach. You have the sense that you're moving, but you're not. The reason why everything around you is moving, you're standing. And I really uh, look at this as an important part of our Christian experience. Everything around us is moving. Politically, religion, ethics, what is right, what is wrong, stand fast in the liberty that Christ has made us free. Now, we didn't make ourselves free. The freedom came from who? It says here, came from Christ, has made us free. That's the source of our freedom. 
Friends, our freedom is never in our rule keeping. It's always in Christ. The second thing we find, I indeed, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. Now he goes in to a lot of the very close, dear things to the Jewish heart that in some way made them something. You say, well, what is circumcised? Circumcision was a covenant that God made to Abraham in the Old Testament that if you're a true follower of Yahweh, you would be circumcised. Now, we remember how serious this issue was when we read in, in the book of Genesis, we remember God told Moses to set his people free. On his way to set the children of Israel free, the Bible says God sought to kill him. Now, people ask the question, God commissions Moses to go tell Pharaoh, the king of the world, to let his people go. And as he's being obedient in what God tells him to do, God sought to kill him. Why? Well, it's because he had not circumcised his sons. So circumcision was pretty important. Now, why didn't he? Well, we don't know all the reasons, but we have recorded there in the book of Genesis a marital spat. It's interesting. It says that she circumcised her sons and then threw the foreskins at Moses and said, you are a bloody husband to me. I think I know the reason why he didn't circumcise his sons. He was scared of his wife. Because when it happened, we find this fight. And by the way, we never hear of uh, Zephora ever again. Uh, when we find as they're moving across uh, for 40 years, he's married to an Ethiopian woman. Circumcision was important. But it's not important in that it makes us holy. Now, the Bible talks about a circumcision of the flesh. That old part of us, God cuts that away and reveals who we can be in him. Now he says, it will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he's a debtor to keep the whole law. If you become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. Now, this is weird because he's saying, you're going to either have to keep all of the law or you're going to be justified in Christ. Every person needs to think about this. Now, this is why this is important. Again, this is how the cults manipulate people. It's always the same broken record. Now, people say, what's a broken record? Long, long time ago, when the earth was cooling, we had these big round things called records. And you would put them on your record player, and you would turn it on, and depending how old you are, it was either 78, 45, or a 33, Okay. And what would happen, that little groove would get stuck and it would go around and just keep playing the same part of the song because it couldn't move on to the next groove. That's what I mean by a broken record. And that broken record is the same old line. And that basically, you got to get out there and you got to earn it. Now, they got all kinds of rules. On to every man an answer, I think this is probably one of the preeminent 
questions that we repeatedly get is, how is a man or a woman justified? Well, depending on what religion, what church you go to, they got you doing all kinds of things. Going door to door, not eating pork, worshiping on Saturday, being circumcised, um, uh, uh, strict adherence to the church's creeds, which may or may not even resemble the Bible at all. Perfect tithing records. All these things in some way will make you something. The problem is, if you err in one area, you've erred in all of it because you're following rules. But the Christ gives, has given us, the Christ has given us the freedom in him. That yes, this is what God expects, but since I know I can never fulfill that, I need to find someone who will fulfill that for me. He will pay your and my debt. You say, well, Mike, you know, we've talked about this for about the last, I don't know, four or five weeks now in this book of Galatians. Is it really that important? Yep, sure is. Why? Because, again, the cults take advantage of people. The Judaizers are alive and well on the planet Earth. Something important to remember in Fox's Book of Martyrs, you'll read how the Apostle Paul died. You'll read how James died. You'll read how some of the early church fathers died. But you'll never read how the Pharisees died. Why? They're still here. Why? Because they're doing the same thing. Now, again... If you began to just simply read the Bible, you would never come up with the ideas that these different religions come up with. In order to go to heaven, you have to get sealed in the temple. It's not what the Bible says. If you really want to get to heaven, you'll go door to door. They have all these rules. What does the Bible say? Well, as we look at this, Verse 4, you become estranged from Christ. That means you're distant. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. What a, ter- what a terrible thing. The grace in which God gave us to be free, now you're abandoning that, and in some way, you think that we're going to be righteous by doing something. So trusting in your works rather than God. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. That's what changes us, friends. It's God working on the inside out. And that's one of the things that I think is so important in this world that we're in today is God working in us. You know, when you accept Christ as your Savior, you invite Jesus to come into your life. That's what we always talk about. We, we have salvation prayer all the way through the Bible. When you ask Jesus to come in your life, the Holy Spirit comes in, takes up residence, and then the power of God from the inside out changes us. Instead of the old way of, well, you know who God is. Now we're going to, you know, get you out of this and get you in a three-piece suit. And we're going to make you look good. And, uh, it's, that's external, trying to change the internal. God changes us from the inside out. He says, you ran well. 
Who hindered you from obeying the truth? You, you started off great. You started off in faith and simply believing in Jesus. God, forgive my sins. And now the Judaizers and those come in and begin to say, well, now if you're really saved, you'll start doing this, that, and the other thing. This persuasion, verse 8, does not come from him who calls you. Uh, and this is interesting. He's saying, you would never get this from reading the Bible. You get this from somebody's goofy ideas. We're going to get into that in a minute, in the works of the flesh. But he says, a little leaven. Leaven's the whole lump. You know, it doesn't take much to start messing you up. That's why, again, we have to always be careful of sin, because even a little sin can really mess us up. Something that seems so innocent at the time, as we go on, pretty soon we find ourselves doing things we never would dream possible. And so a little leaven leavens the whole lump, and this is the way it is with sin. A little sin can really corrupt a lot of good manners. He says, I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. He says, I got confidence in you that the people that are bringing this stuff in, God's going to deal with them. And brethren, if I still preach circumcision, and by the way, Paul once did. When he was a Pharisee of a Pharisee, going around persecuting Christians, this was his gig. This was his thing. He, he was just going around laying waste to the church, those that believe we were saved by faith. He says, If I, brethren, still preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. I wish, and this is, by the way, X-rated, all you younger people cover your ears. I wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. Do I have to explain this? I hope not. He's saying these people are really to the point of destroying people's lives. I wish they were all the way cut off. You know, people always picture the early church fathers, Paul, Peter, and the rest as these people with the halos. You know, they got pretty gutsy here in what he's writing. He's saying these people are deliberately ruining people's lives, and I wish they were all the way cut off. I mean, this is pretty hard language here. For you, brethren have been called to liberty. Isn't that great? Liberty. Freedom. That's what we're called to. Do you ever, you ever try to do anything and keep wondering if you're breaking all? You know, this is one of the ways that the Bolshevik revolution in Russia was so successful. Is behind closed doors, they would continue to pass more and more and more and more laws. So a person could just be walking down the street if you were considered a malcontent against the government, there were so many laws, they would arrest you and you would never be found again. You were sent off to some gulag or just ex executed. Because by passing more and more and more laws, it was almost impossible to even breathe without breaking a law and being arrested. So therefore, the whole country was under indictment and they could then piecemeal go through and pick out who they wanted to prosecute and get rid of. You hear about all these kinds of stories. I heard about a story over in Hawaii where they, for 25 years, had swimming competitions down in the ocean. 
And this went on for years and years until somebody came along with the idea saying, oh, they don't have a permit to have swimming competitions in the ocean and find them $10,000. They didn't even know they were breaking the law. Well, that's part of the problems that we run into now. More and more laws, more and more bureaucracy, more and more control of people. See, what Paul is saying is when we live in liberty of Christ, we live free from that. We're governed by God's moral conscience in us. For you, our brethren, have been called to liberty. Only don't use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh or to sin, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Here's one of the scary things. If you're around somebody who likes to gossip about somebody, and I remember being around people like this, and I always wondered, when they walk away from me, what are they saying about me? Because they've already shown you their M.O., now, here's the reason why people tear one another down, why they gossip, is because they're unsure of who they are. And so as long as I can put down everybody else, that lifts me up. So remember the reasons why. You know, I think a lot of times if we, reason, if we understand the reason why we shouldn't do certain things, I think it helps us to realize they weren't just God being cosmically mean to his people, but that there's a reason why. You know, um, don't covet your neighbor's wife, lest he come home with a 12-gauge shotgun and blow your head off. Okay, that's a reason why you wouldn't want to do that. There's a lot of reasons why we don't do what we do. Now, a lot of people say, well, I don't see what's wrong with speeding through Nevada at 100 mile an hour. There isn't, providing you don't have a blowout, but if you have a blowout, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. There's a lot of reasons why we need certain rules. But we don't want to take those, our freedom and, and abandon those things. We, just need, we need to use God's wisdom in those things. You can encumber somebody so much with so many rules they can't do anything. That's what the Bible talks about. Parents, don't provoke your children to wrath. In other words, you overbear on them and they're going to rebel. On the same time, we have to have rules in the house you know, you can't let the kids throw all the living room furniture out in the yard and light it on fire. Oh, Johnny's just expressing himself. No, no, no. He's doing some crazy stuff. So he says, if we bite and devour one another, boy, you wait till they're biting and devouring you. Well, the old thing, what goes around comes around. So he says, I say then, walk in the spirit. Hmm. Walk in the spirit would imply we're on a road. What is the road? The road of life. Now, there are rules for walking. This is just a general thing that I have found in casual observation of life. First thing is, you need to have a destination if you're walking someplace. Oh, so what are you doing? I don't know. I'm just walking around out here bumping into walls. I'm having a great time. No, we're usually, we should have a destination when we are walking. Now, again, he says walk in the Spirit. If we're walking in the Spirit, that means we're walking towards God. You have a direction in your life. 
The second thing is, if we're walking, means we're not sitting or sleeping. And so that tells me I'm active in my pursuit of what? Our destination. The third thing is, we're not running. Now, again, I think sometimes we can become enthusiastic about our relationship with God. In fact, the, Jesus told the story of the, uh, the person sowing seed and some fell on some different kinds of ground and some sprang up and they were all excited and then because they lacked water, they dried up. Well, we realize that uh, sometimes Christian experience can be emotional. And in fact, a lot of churches, uh, a lot of evangelists on TV deliberately appeal to the flesh. Give me a J, give me an E, give me an A. You know, they got everybody all flipped out and jumping up and down and running down aisles and walk ramp, slamming into walls and all this kind of stuff. Our relationship with God is not an emotional high. Now, I'm not saying at times in our lives that God doesn't supernaturally visit us in certain ways to cause us to let us know he's real. I, I think that's really great. But I, I think a lot of times that people are looking for a religious high can get themselves into trouble because then every week, because if you do anything and you do it long enough, it becomes mandate. So if every week we come to church and we're jumping off chairs, whoo, look how high he jumps. Well, then next week, we're going to have to come up with something better than jumping off of chairs because that's what we do every Sunday. So we have to come up with a new one. Well, you go back to the holy laughter phenomenon that uh, swept the church, oh, 10, 15 years ago. Interesting. And uh, everybody had come into church and, <laughs> and everybody starts laughing. It was called the holy laughter thing. Well, again, the problem was, became mandane. Didn't, didn't bring anybody, anybody in anymore. So it went to, and I can't believe this, holy howling. And everybody went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy laughter's out, the holy howling is in. And then it goes from the holy howling to gold dust. Friends, I'm not making this up. This is real. This is what they... And so they were always looking for gold dust. It was, it was one thing after another. So, destination. Two, not setting or sleeping. Three, not running, not in an emotional way, but in a disciplined way to do what God wants us to do. And the fourth thing I found that is so important, when you are walking... And you can, you, can, you can double check me on this if you don't believe it. Balance. Balance is a key for walking towards your destination. Now you can say, well, Mike, I don't believe that. Well, then you come up here and twirl around for about 20 times and then try to walk. You ever done that to a cat on a, on a, on a I'm not going to get into that. Um, on some linoleum, you just twist them around and they get up and they, you know. They, somebody told me the terminal velocity of a cat is, doesn't exist because they can, they can spring enough that they can. I don't know. I've never tried it. I don't even know. That was a dirt trail. Okay, sorry. All the law we find here in verse 14 is fulfilled in one word. 
even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. A rich young ruler came, a ruler came to Jesus and said, what's the greatest commandment? Now, I know a lot of times people like to ask that question thinking that they have fulfilled it, so then I'm okay. And Jesus said, well, simply love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And then he said, the second is likened unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, for upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. Upon these two. Love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself, as we find mentioned right here. Upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. If you want to know what the, all the Old Testament is about, was to love God and love your fellow man. Now he goes on and he says, but if we're gossiping, if we're biting one another, devouring one another, don't be surprised when it bites you. So we need to be careful of that. The road we're on, we have to always think about that. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.